You gotta be kidding me. Finley hanging out. Barbecue 79. That's the family who lived here. members. I'm Kate and I'm trying to babysit a dog that keeps escaping the house and is small enough to slip between the fences. So that's going great. And I'm Emma and I'm dying a little bit inside. Oh no. Why are you dying inside? <laughs> uh, I'm on the ICU. So that's the intensive care unit and that is painful. I mean, it's good. It's really, it's just hard and I get up at four and I get off work at eight and it's hard. Welcome to Emma's Therapy Hour. We're so glad you're it's here. Hard. We're so it's really I hard. Related, related to Bugul. Well, we're gonna we're gonna you know distract you from your from your woes, and we're gonna talk about Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. <laughs> so excited! And if y'all are tired of that, you should probably press pause because we're definitely doing it at least twenty more times. It's the best part of covering this movie is that we get to say that word with that inflection as many times as we feel is fit. And just a little disclosure, uh, this time, Kate and I watched it together. So <gasps> we, we actually, did. we did not talk about our opinions on it, but many a jokes were made, not because we necessarily liked or didn't like it, but uh, Mr. Boogie Mr. was one Boogie. of them. Was one of them. <laughs> Can't wait to bring you guys into that inside joke that we have already run into the ground. This is oh, going yeah. great. <laughs> I mean, we are stomping on it we're tripping over it it's that low on the ground this dead horse has already been beat but if it's your first time here welcome um by listening to this episode you are automatically a club member we are just so excited to have you here um if you've been here before welcome and we're just super excited that you came back um i do want to give um a quick (laughs) em and i both got the same email that um (laughs) please i know where this is going do you have this email ready um, I could recite it from memory. That's how no, much no, it no, meant no, to no, me. No. Hold on. I just Googled Vietnam. Let me see if this comes up. All right, here we go. So Emma and I received a great email. So uh, since we have like an Apple podcast podcast, we get um, a little bit of spam and a little bit of like marketing emails. So this one's probably our favorite because we both screenshotted it and sent it to each other at about the same time. It this reads, is true. It reads, hi there. Congratulations. The Nightlight Horror Movie Club is now ranked number <laughs> number 2 number 220 on the Apple TV and film chart in Vietnam. We Congratulations everyone. We're taking over Vietnam. We are on a watch list because that's how good we are. We couldn't have done it without you. Number 220 in TV and film subgenre. <laughs> you know, I'll take it. I we will, will take absolutely it. take it. And um, I also, while we're giving shout outs, I do want to give a shout out to new patrons. We have a couple wait, wait, of new wait. patrons. Before we even shout out our patrons, we, as we work down to people, first I have another country to shout out. As we work down to people? No, we're just like kind of cast, doing broadly working our way in. So and first, so, thank you to the entire world. <laughs> thank you to Vietnam. <laughs> and thank you to Spain, who was actually leading our most listens for the past seven days. I kid you not. Shout out Spain. to you, Spain, and in particular, Madrid. We see you, Madrid. We see you. Yeah, if you're a Madrid listener, please let us know. I want to know how we have 
you know, taken uh, the the love of the uh, Spanish people. So please let us know. Yeah, all of them, because we've we've ranked very low. If you are from Madrid, please drop us an email at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. Also, if you're from Vietnam, your emails are absolutely going to get read on the next podcast. So please email us. Yes, please. I want to know if there are any clubs that are um, holding court in in Spain or or in Spain or Vietnam. Absolutely. Can I talk about our patrons now? Because I'm really excited. Yes, I love our patrons and I want to talk about them more. So first, just a very quick introduction. Um, you are in a club. If this is your first time here, you're in one. And there are no dues clip for the club. But if you really like paying dues, <laughs> if that's just something you like to do and you want to support thing, the club. We got you. <laughs> we got you. You can join our Patreon account. Um, there's different officer rankings for different levels of support. And we have not one, but two new club officers. Woohoo! Woo! We have Dara, um, our, our latest vice president, and we actually have another vice president, Michael. Near and dear to our heart. It's our brother-in-law. It's a, <laughs> Michael's our brother-in-law. But Dara is not related to us, and we are grateful for her support. And I think she's from North Carolina, so that's extra cool. Yeah, it's super cool because we're in North Carolina, so that's pretty dope. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we really appreciate all that you do to help keep us creating more stuff and um i don't know it's just it's just nice to get a little feedback so thank you guys oh i didn't read the latest review you know what we have another review um it's on apple podcasts i'll save it till the end though sounds good but one more quick shout out to the club member who suggested this movie because this week we're covering sinister and it was recommended by john g um who is one of our patrons um as part of project scare emma so thank you so much john (laughs) i recently um in preparing for this podcast went back and looked at uh that poll i'm sorry and i am i don't appreciate any of you any of the nine of you who commented (laughs) or voted you're on my list so uh, if you're not part of our um, Patreon account, uh, I made just like a, a cast a broad net. I'm tired of these sweet, precious horror movies like Psycho and like, uh, Shop of I don't Horrors. think anyone has ever called it sweet or precious. These adorable, sweet, darling movies okay. that Emma has been watching. And I think, you know, it's about time to scare her. It's July. I consider it spooky season. So it's time for Emma to get spooked. So I, I made a poll called Project Scare Emma using the horror movies that have been suggested specifically for that purpose. And Sinister One. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Leanne, who said, and I quote, OMG, please do Sinister so I can listen and know if I can handle it. I hear it's so scary. Yeah, I heard that too, Leanne. Which is why I heard that too. didn't want to watch it. Why don't, Emma, why don't you be the guinea pig and watch it so I don't have to? Emma, I'm so sorry, but yes, that is your role on this podcast. Yeah, I'm in this to club. that out. Okay, you're the president of the club. The president has some responsibilities. This is one of them. What are your responsibilities? I say true crime. Mm, not today. Okay, we'll, we'll, Not we'll come today. back to that, I assure you. We will circle back, but today it's, it is all about <laughs> horror movies, and we're talking about Sinister, and I'm just so excited. Should we just dive right in? No, because we did not talk about um, what specifically the review was and who it was from. Well, no, I told, I'm i going to save that until the end. Oh, well, I'm eager. I know you're eager. That's why I put it at the end, so you have to stay tuned. Okay, I guess I won't stop recording abruptly. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not. all I wanted. <laughs> that's all, Oh, you like me or you don't like me? Great. Okay. End bye. podcast. See you next week. <laughs> All 
Okay. All right. Let's talk about Sinister. Let's talk about Sinister. I have my typed notes. I have my written notes because yes, Emma and I did watch this together, which is extremely rare. I think we've done that one other time and that was Little Shop of Horrors. So this is no. a big, this was a big deal. What, what else we did we did watch? We did it for um, As Above, So Below. We sure did. You're right. We did. And, and I don't one, actually think we watched Little Shop of Horrors together. We had yes, watched we that did. previously. I mean, no, we, we watched, watched it together, too. but it wasn't for but the But not podcast. for the podcast. Yeah. Get not your specifically. Straight. Okay, fine. Well, we watched Sinister actually together on the same couch. Yes, and it was And it was a fun. lot of like me looking at Emma, <laughs> waiting to see if she reacted to things. Kate telling me to stop making jokes so I could get scared. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Emma's defense mechanisms. That is on my list, and I'm excited is to talk really about it. Is it really on your stupid it is, list? It, it is on my list. It is right here. Kate's pointing at her spiral-bound notebook, and one thing <laughs> says... What does it say? Put it up to the... Um, yeah, it says Emma's horror defense mechanism. Oh my God, it really does. <laughs> Talk about other... Talk about other completely unrelated movies. Is <laughs> 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 what it says. You know, I never even noticed I did that. Oh, well, I did. So like this yeah, entire apparently. time, like I didn't, I didn't, I wanted it to be organic. I didn't want to disturb the process. I wanted to watch how Emma watches horror movies because I've like never an, seen an that. animal in a zoo. I'm sorry. I'm, I really did my I best. I didn't want to disturb not. her. I wanted it to be organic <laughs> and natural. Like she I didn't was want it to disturb the data. So <laughs> yeah. I, I did what I could, but Listeners, dear listeners, Emma's favorite thing to do if anything scary is going to happen or if there's suspenseful music is to say, hey, I like that actor. I think I saw him in this movie. Have you seen this movie? It kind of reminds me of this show that you should see. And this show has this person in it. And this person kind of reminds me of this person. And I'm like, Emma, stop talking and and watch the horror things. And she's like, I don't know. It just really reminds me of this kind of thing. And like, Maybe I, I just this. have ADHD. You don't know my life. Yeah, well, I kind of do know your life uh, a lot. And this is the biggest horror defense mechanism I've ever <laughs> seen. It was so great to watch. I loved it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, but I, I am excited because I, I do actually have like a full film breakdown before we get into like the plot. Oh, and just a heads up to everybody. We did not talk about our feelings on this movie. So while we watched it together, we did not disclose whether we liked it, whether we didn't like it, what we liked or didn't like. Um, So that's all fresh for the pod. I tried my best to get it from her facial reactions, like how high her eyebrows were. I am a poker player. I'm actually not, but I have the spirit of one. And you, you can't tell. You don't know. I, right? I really don't know. And I hope you hold it in for as long as you can. Because I, I am I, going to actually. I really okay. want to make y'all squirm. All of all, all of you who thought you were going to scare me and were going to get pleasure from that. I'm not going to let you know till the very end. <laughs> till the very end. Well, um, so just a quick breakdown of what the rest of this episode is going to look like. We're going to do our regular film breakdown. I want to talk about the home videos like in sequence. Um, in this movie, I want to talk about the inspiration from which this movie comes and how they crafted Mr. Boogie. Um, that's all that I have to talk about. I'm super excited. And then we're going to obviously do the play by play and the plot. And I think Emma has some stuff she's going to go through with the play by play. Yep. Sounds all right. about good. Sounds about right. Sounds about good. As it was coming out, I was like, that's not how it works. It's our are supposed to go together, but it was too late. <laughs> well, I'm ready for film genre because I actually did pick a film genre. Emma, do you know what it is? Um, tree horror. It is not. Although that would be a really good one. It is. I'm, box I'm learning horror. your ways. Box horror. Yes. <laughs> what else goes in that category, Kate? The box. That's not a movie. I think it might be actually. 
No, that you can't Google. I can see when your screen lights the up. And it's li- box. No, no, Kate. The box is a music video. No, well, there's my rule for those of you who are not familiar is that Kate can come up with these obscure categorizations like corn horror, but it has okay, to fit with well, something else we've covered or another common horror movie. How about so this? Like corn how horror about- fit with um, so many movies. <laughs> I Songs of the Lambs. No, not that one. It's Children of the Corn. Children of the Troll Corn. Troll 2, A Quiet Place. Yeah, it's so you can in fit that lot. into a okay, box. Well, you know what? We're going to we're gonna table box horror because I bet I can fit something into it later. I'm going to... You have to give me this one. I, it's box horror or nothing. I'm going to need some other alternatives. I'll get back to you on that. Kate, you... I... No. We have no, to have I'll get order, back to you. order in this precinct and no, I am... <laughs> I can't think of, you know how like when, when families are moving in to haunted houses and they have a bunch of boxes, you know, it's a box oh. or, it what can- about, oh, you could put seven in there, Hey, but you have to acknowledge seven is a horror movie. I'll do it if it lets me keep box horror. All right. Well, seven's going on one of our polls. No, so. that's not what I meant. This is backfired. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's well, well, in the box? We'll get to what's in the box later. It sounded very jazz handsy and not what's at all. What's in the box? <laughs> oh. That was Brad Pitt's first take of that of that scene. <laughs> We're not here to talk about what's in the box. We all know what's in the box. We're here to talk about Sinister, which is the uh, the iconic box horror movie. So <laughs> this movie, it came out way longer ago than I thought it did. In 2012. No, from watching it, it was very 2012. Well, but I remember watching it like when it came out. When you were a wee lass. When I was a wee lass (laughs) in 2012. (laughs) And I was like, oh, snap. 2012 was a long time ago. And um, that's when Kate graduated. I graduated in 2011. You don't know me at all. Yeah. Let's talk about return on investment. All right. So... This is a Bloomhouse production, and Bloomhouse, as I've talked about in the past, is very big on. What's Bloomhouse? I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, Bloom- Kate for gave me such a look. I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> she was about to kick me off the pod. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm carrying this shit at this point. <laughs> what is Bloomhouse? Like, Emma, get it together. Get it together. So Bloomhouse is um, it's very very popular now. It's a very popular production studio, but kind of their bag is like making movies on the cheap um, and making a billion dollars out of them. That's like kind of their thing. They're very good at it. Paranormal I wish activity. I had a thing like that. Yeah, that'd be a great thing to have, but it's the You know, my thing. thing is like taking like a couple of dollars and like turning them into a million. It's just my thing. It's like What's my your thing? thing? What's your thing? Oh, rock climbing? That's so cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Oh, podcasting? That's nice. Oh, that's cool. Good for you. <laughs> no, that's their thing. They like make a million dollars out of pennies. But so this movie, so it, like Paranormal Activity is kind of like the go-to Bloomhouse productions that I talk about because they made so much money off of nothing. But there's a lot of movies in their repertoire to, um, you know, establish that trend yeah so knowing that what do you think the budget was for this movie keeping in mind that ethan hawk is in it so don't undercut it too so much So i'm gonna say two million for ethan hawk uh-huh i actually don't know how much actors are paid but that seems about right he's like a big deal yeah he's a very big deal is this before or after boy well it depends because boy was filmed over 10 years so <laughs> touche i think it was after because i remember being at msms like 
in okay, high school and, and you had already yeah, graduated. But Ethan Hawke has been a big actor for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're dodging the question. What's the budget? I'm going to say five million. Okay. It was five. All right. So, no, it was three million. You stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> now he's unlikable. You're so wrong. Yes. You're so right. It was, it was close. So it was three million. So you're in the right ball, ballpark. But guess how much it made at the box office? Fifty million. Eighty-seven point seven million dollars. Damn boy. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and now, as far as the cast, um, there's not a lot to write home about except for who I've already spoken about, which is Ethan Hawke, and his uh, character is named Ellison Oswald. Emma, do you know why his name is Ellison Oswald? No. <laughs> well, neither did I. So. It seems it would be very, like a very like, random fact. I do. Yeah, so it's, it's a very random name. So one of the screenwriters um, named him after two names that were on the spines of the books in his office. So two writers. One is Harlan Ellison, who is a writer. And then the other one is Patton Oswalt, like the comedian. <laughs> I am so sorry. That is quite lame. So he's like, I don't know, Ellison Oswalt. He's like, yeah, that's some I mean, lazy writing. Is it? Because the whole movie, I called him Ethan the entire movie. I'm like, yeah. And then Ethan does the Yeah, apparently it's bad writing because no one knew his goddamn name. Oh, is it bad writing? Because I just don't know the names of characters in movies, period. Not when they're named Ellison Oswald. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a name. I'll it's give you that. A name. Quite a doozy. Well, I, I do want to hear the critical reception for this movie. Well, but not I your own opinion. You about it. Keep, keep that opinion in just for a little bit. Okay, I'm keeping it in, reeling it in. Okay, uh, so here is the guessing game we always play where I ask no. you about critics <laughs> and audience uh, percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. I always forget this game. Good, because otherwise it'd be pretty easy to find yeah. <laughs> as soon as you Googled the movie. So I'm gonna, Okay, so I do, I'm, I tend to do better with the critic score. I'm going to say that critics gave it something in like the the high 60s. So I'm going to say like 68. Okay. And then for audience, I'm going to give it maybe a little low, lower, higher. I'm going to say, okay, 68 for critics and 73 for audience. Okay. The critics gave it 63%. Okay. And the audience gave it 61%. Oh, damn. Okay. So people didn't love this movie. I was surprised. I thought it was going to at least have a higher audience score. Yeah, I thought 70s for sure. Uh, I was thinking high 70s. 87 million dollars. Yeah, I thought critics were going to give it a better score. And I thought for sure audience was going to give it a better score. Wow. Okay, so I, I have to know what you thought of it at this point. Can you tell me? I'm not going to tell you yet. First, I'm going to read two quotes from critics, and then I will tell you which one I relate to. (laughs) This is a fun game. (laughs) Um, So one said, oh, I'm actually going to make you guess which one I relate to. Okay. So one is from Peter Howell of the Toronto Star. Okay. um, And it reads, more stupid than scary, Sinister can't even figure out who its real demon is. Oh, I don't. Is that what you relate to? (laughs) Is that what you really think? Okay, what's the next one? Are there any, is this all going to be like really <laughs> shitty reviews? You're like, how much do them? I, I hate it. No, just kidding. No, the next one's positive. Okay. It comes together with a gruesome, though excellent ending that some will find difficult to shake. Kevin C. Johnson, St. Louis Dispatch. So those are, the, are those the two? Those are the two you're picking from. 
I'm afraid to say I think that I agree with Kevin. I think you agree with the Toronto Star. So I agree with... I feel is this like the bachelor. Like, what is this? I know exactly. As I was doing it, I held it longer because I was like, this is very bachelor or love islandy. <laughs> oh my um, God. Who is it? I agreed with Kevin. <gasps> oh, did you really? I thought the ending was very good. Oh I, bu- my goodness. I, I, I thought the ending paid off very well. I am beside myself. I am so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy. Okay. So you kind of liked it. Yeah. You could say that. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you I'll give you some more feet, like some more of like my thoughts on it as we continue. But I will say net positive. OK, fantastic. And because I could never hold in my opinion, I'm going to say that now. I think that this movie is one of the better of like the 2010 movies. Well, that's I, think, not, I mean, is that saying a lot, though? Yeah, I think it is because there was like a lot. It was like kind of like a horror renaissance, in my opinion. What other stuff was going on in the 2010s? Okay, so everything was very franchisey. There was like a lot of sinister, a lot of um, insidious, a lot of like paranormal activity, a lot of Bloom. Were there sequels to Sinister? Oh yeah, huh? Absolutely. I would love to watch that. I haven't seen Sinister too. I would love to cover it, Um, but that is neither here nor there. I would say on on whole, like I liked this movie. Like it was um, just very scary movie y to me, and I like that feel. And that's like one of my favorite things is like a scary movie, scary movie. And this is very much a scary movie, scary movie. Okay. Well, so um, what I will say is that typically, and this is not new. I've said this before. I don't. I don't love haunted house movies you don't like like, slow burns I don't like a slow burn where nothing substantial happens until the very end and then it kind of goes to 100 um I at times felt that way about this movie but the end I thought paid off more so than other um slow burns I have seen okay Um, honestly, that's better than I was expecting. So I'm not going to argue it. I'm really happy with that review from you. (laughs) Yeah. Great. And for those of you who are wondering, I was, um, actually I'll talk about the parts that scared me and I will go ahead and say that I did get scared at parts of this movie, despite my best efforts Um, to talk about other movies. (laughs) I did get scared at parts of this movie. And the thing that I relate to that, um, Kevin Johnson said, our good friend Kevin said is that, um, it was a little difficult to shake on my drive home. I was wondering about that because Emma came to watch it at our house, but she lives like at least a half hour away. And so we were like, okay, drive safe. Texas, when you get home and don't get boogeymaned. And she was like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, that's going to scare her. <laughs> She's going to be scared getting out of her car. Well, before we go into the plot, like I think you have some fun facts for us. Well, I have a couple. So first, I want to talk more specifically. This isn't really a fun fact. I just kind of wanted to give, I wanted to dive into the movies within the movie. So if you haven't seen this movie, um, I want to talk a little bit about the home videos. So the home videos in this movie are a core plot device. They're all um, photographed or videographed, I guess, on actual Super 8 cameras. Like even whenever they were filming it, it was all filmed on Super 8 camera film stock so that they could maintain that aesthetic. And it's definitely like, it's very simply just a plot device for the movie. But I thought it was a very unique one and a very strong one. So I wanted to go through them in like like sequential order. Okay. And like the timeline of the boogeyman. And I wanted to figure out or at least guess which one I think is uh, scared Emma the most. So, okay. So we have 
Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. We have six in total. So I'll start at the pool party of 66. Really briefly, this one happened in Oregon. Um, it, all, a lot of these movies, the thing of this movie, these um, home videos are they, ha- they video them in the daytime and it's like the family doing happy normal stuff and then it like smash cuts to nighttime where much more sinister things are going on. So it's in Oregon for pool party. Daytime swimming, playing by the pool. The family's like having a good time. Then it cuts to nighttime and everyone is... Uh, wrapped to lounge chairs, like beach lounge chairs with cinder blocks attached to them, and they're dragged into the pool to drown. So that's 66. Yeah, so that's one of them. So that's one. And now on to the barbecue of 79. This one takes place in Sacramento. Um, it, it In the daytime, everyone's fishing. They're having like a barbecue at the lake. And then you cut to like everyone bound in the car when the car is drenched in gasoline. We have the symbol of Bagul painted on the hood, this demonic symbol. And then someone tosses a flame in and lights the entire thing up. So that's Barbecue of 79. Then we have Lawn Work 86. This is somewhere in Orange County, California. There's a family playing in a yard outside. And this is the one with the lawnmower, um, which if you've ever seen this movie, I don't care if it was 20 years ago, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about, where it's like very focused in, zoomed in frame on the mower as it's mowing over the grass. And then very suddenly there's a head there and it mows over the head. So that's that one. Then we have, these are very weird to read back to back. Yeah, they, they, it's quite dark. It's very dark. I hope someone doesn't hop into the middle of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to be like, I'm not interested in this podcast They're anymore. like, actually, I don't support snuff films. So I'm going to hop right back out. Or they'll be very interested. <laughs> and then we also don't want those <laughs> listeners. So now we're moving on to Sleepy Time 98. This is in um, St. Louis, Missouri. There's a family and they're all bound to their beds, gagged with packing tape. And there's like a little chihuahua that's barking at them. And they all have their throats slit by an unknown assailant with a chef's knife. Um, so the, yeah, that's Sleepy Time. Then we have two more. So we have family hanging out. That's I, I in 2000. I forgot there were so many. Yeah, there's six. So it's all in the movie, they're all spread out. And they're not, I don't think they're all in like the actual sequential order. Like they're just all over the place. But... I wanted to put them all in order because I I wanted to. And that was the decision that I made. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so we have the family hanging out in 2011. And this is the opening scene of the movie. It's in Pennsylvania, a year prior to the film's present day. You have the entire Stevenson family that's hanging out in the backyard. And then it cuts to dawn. And all four of them are hanging from a tree with sacks on their heads and nooses around their necks. And someone saws through a limb, a tree limb that's acting as like a counterweight from the top of the tree. And so they all get lifted into the air and they're hung. And then we have house painting 2012. Um, I'm saving that one until we talk about the movie, but I wanted to guess which one I thought bothered you the most. I think the one that bothered Emma the most was pool party of 66. Okay. Why do you think that? Uh, because that bothered me the most. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So actually I thought that the, so the first one that got to me was the pool party one. I thought it was unique. Um, so I thought it was interesting in that sense. Like I haven't really seen that in a horror movie. Yeah. That's Um, that's not a typical way that they kill people in horror movies. Um, and then the one that disturbed me the most was the lawn work. Yeah. Because that one, I thought the filming was the most effective because it was so abrupt. Yeah. 
And obviously they cut out. They don't show anything too horrific. But like yeah, it's the a abruptness, PG-13 movie, the abruptness sure. of like a head coming into focus as it, it mows over it. First of all, I'd never thought about anyone having a mower, mower go over their head. So it was it was novel in that sense. And it was the abruptness of it. Like the abrupt escalation for me was very scary. I thought, so the, I, I, I did watch this movie back when it came out. I remembered like the I remembered the ending of the movie. I remembered what the boogeyman looks like. I did not remember that Ethan Hawke was in it, and I didn't remember a lot of the in-between stuff. I did remember, like, the second that they showed a lawnmower, I was like, that memory has come flooding back, and yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> like, no, I thought that that was very scary. Yeah, it was terrifying. So, okay, so then Lawn Work 86 was your scariest movie. Yes. Okay, very interesting. So I would love to know, um, I think we should probably take a poll and see whatever. I was about to say that. Was. I was about to say, yeah. I want to know what our, what scared our listeners the most. All right, we're going to post a poll. We want to know which um, home video in Sinister was the scariest or the most effective horror to you. We'll post that soon. Um, but I, did you know the inspiration for like how this entire movie came about? I think I actually do. Do you? Okay, tell me. Okay, so um, I think the get, you're going to have to help me fill in the, the details here. So what okay. is the name of the director? Um, well, there's a director and then a writer. I don't Okay, the so the writer. Name. What is the name of the writer? Well, the, the direct one of the directors is also the writer, but the writer you're thinking of is Cargill, who was okay. not the director. Okay. Well, that guy was um he had watched the movie The Ring. Mm-hmm. And The Ring, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'll give full disclosure, I haven't seen The Ring, but I remember it was Ooh, the first that goes one on of the, the list. One of the first movies that scared Kate as like my older sister. I remember it really freaking out. I think she rented oh, it. it. Did you rent it for Halloween? I did. I rented it for Halloween with dad. And it's just a random I memory. And I got about halfway through it. And yeah, because you were trick-or-treating with mom because you were younger than me. And I called mom and I was like, y'all have to come home. Yeah, I think getting candy sounds way better than that. But <laughs> <It's really scary. laughs> stand by it. Um, but yeah, so the premise of that movie revolves around a videotape that's found that causes a bunch of evil chaos. Um, and so the writer watched that and then at a, he thought that was very interesting. And then at a later time he had a dream and in the dream, he, these are called nightmares. These types of dreams are called nightmares <laughs> in this dream, this negative dream. <laughs> he went, uh, he went upstairs to his attic and there were a box of these similarly horrific videotapes. And that kind of inspired him for the premise of this movie, wherein at the very beginning of the movie, our protagonist, Ethan Hawke slash pretentious author name, um, finds a box of tapes with these sort of funny, dark labels on them that Kate has just described. Yeah. How'd I do? I think I think you nailed it. It's important to note that he also had a nightmare where his entire family was found hanging in the attic. That I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Altogether, pretty creepy stuff and made for a good idea for this a movie's movie. This movie's dark. Yeah, it's a dark movie. It's super dark. Like darker than most, I would say. Like So darker than most horror movies that you have seen. And that is my point and that we need to kind of like get you back into the horror game. <laughs> You're like, this is a lot scarier than Psycho. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah we're gonna get you there soon i'm just saying it's almost halloween i don't want to do just random murder like the reason i liked this movie is i thought the storyline paid off you I, love true crime i love true crime but their storylines it's all people driven if there, someone's just getting a bunch of people are just getting murdered without any storyline that doesn't interest me well 
tomato potato, <laughs> in my opinion. The reason I like Saw so much was because it had a brilliant plot. No, just okay, <laughs> let's not bash on Saw more than we have. We enjoyed Saw. I enjoyed talking we enjoyed about it. Saw. I enjoyed watching it with people. That was an enjoyable overall experience. So shout out to Saw for that. Shout out Maybe to not Saul. for the reasons that they wanted me to enjoy it. But but you got a shout out nonetheless. Well, I want to talk about how they made Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. Okay, so that's one thing we should go ahead and tell people. The entire time that we watched this movie, the second we saw someone call this creepy Pinocchio death metal man Mr. Boogie, Emma, and I don't know if this is a defense mechanism or not, but Emma <laughs> the entire time would say, Mr. Boogie, the entire <laughs> just time. Like, it just tickled me. It was like, um, like it was still scary. It's not that it wasn't scary, but it, something about it made me laugh to see like all these like horrible drawings of these people dead. And then <laughs> there's this kind of like Boogie. dad bod looking <laughs> stick figure stick named Mr. Figure. Boogie. Like, <laughs> Mr. Boogie. <laughs> Mr. Also, the entire time that we were trying to watch this movie, my very clingy dog, Chuck, was like breathing on us and like Who has staring similar at features us. to Mr. Boogie. Yeah, he's got like a long nose. As I said when we were watching, he has the similar he has a similar coloring to Mr. Boogie. So anytime he did anything, we'd be like, Mr. Boogie. And he'd were like, I don't know, he'd wag his tail. dog voice and wag his tail and we're like, oh my God, it's Mr. Boogie. <laughs> and then sometimes he would just like he just has this habit of just staring. Um, and so that became creepy uh, in the setting of watching this film. <laughs> yeah, we didn't love that part as much when he would yeah. just like stare at a wall. <laughs> yeah, it was less than ideal. We're like, stop it, Mr. Boogie. Okay, tell me about the origin of Mr. Boogie. Okay, so if you haven't seen the movie, Mr. Boogie or the Bagul is like an ancient heavy metal pagan deity. And he serves as the big bad for the franchise. Does so- the Bagul sound like a delicious Mediterranean dish? It super does. Okay. I agree with I'll you. I'll have the bagul. It makes me the office, the bo- the baba ghoul. <laughs> yeah. That's what it makes it the amazing of the office. But um, whenever they were creating this demon, they wanted him to be both terrifying, but also like seductive to children. They wanted him to like real kids in. And initially they, they were thinking of him like a messed up Willy Wonka, which I would love to see that ecu- that concept executed well. Oh, I Honestly, would love it. I would love it. If I if we could just get the rights to Willy Wonka, it would be really easy to create. It doesn't even need to be, need to be Willy Wonka. But I think like a charming... I would be... As someone who is very naive to horror, I would be interested in a scary movie where there is a... Because um, I think it mixes a true crime and the horror. You know, because it's like a predator a little bit. But like mm-hmm. has these like, like fun Willy Wonka tendencies that are slightly turned icky. Similar to if y'all have seen. No, um, no more true crime. No, 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 no. Not true. <laughs> this isn't true crime. Similar um, to these actual murders. <laughs> no. Um, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh my God. Did Do you know what I'm talking about? Thing. Yes, I know exactly. What am I talking, talking about? You're talking about the long nose man. The long nose man who sold candy and then trapped He them. didn't sell it. He just gave it away. Whatever. You get my point. I, okay. I want to revisit that at a later date we should talk Do about not our touch ideal chitty chitty bang horror bang. don't touch it if you make chitty chitty bang bang a horror movie i will never talk to you again no it is sacred and we leave it alone but okay. they were we'll come they back were worried that. they were wor- we'll circle back we'll circle back take a beat and circle back but they were worried that um willy wonka man would look very silly so they needed more inspiration for it so 
Cargill, um, the main writer, he literally typed the word horror into Flickr. Remember, this is in 2012. That is the most early 20 teens that you have said this Yeah, Flickr. Y'all remember Flickr? Well, then you're too young for this podcast. But (laughs) he typed just the word horror into Flickr and was searching through hundreds of thousands of photos. And he found a photograph of just like a ghoul. And it was simply tagged Natalie. And that grabbed him for some reason. I have looked the internet over. I have scoured it. I cannot find this image. If anyone knows what it is, please send it to us. Again, nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. I want to see it, um, but I can't find it. But he he, play, he paid like a couple hundred dollars for the rights to the image, and he gave the artist a concept design credit in the movie. Oh, nice. And, and thus, Mr. Boogie was born. Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. <laughs> Are we that's very dive? that's interesting and i have found some horror characters i don't maybe it's horror villains um hokey looking but i thought he was scary good i, th- I remember and my favorite this- thing is that he wasn't shown that much so that is the key to an effective horror villain in my personal opinion yeah what do you mean well like i think if you show it too much it's very easy to see like you know the strings in the face paint but like if you keep it to flashes and glimpses you have to fill the rest in with your mind and that's much more realistic your mind will make up something much scarier that's how i felt about the babadook oh interesting i did not the more i learned about him the less i liked him i'm surprised you watched the babadook i did it wasn't for this podcast no i watched i think with dad or something i don't know what the contents was that's probably probably what happened (laughs) probably dad (laughs) Yeah, um, but I liked this better because I liked that he was, it was just kind of creeping in the peripheral a lot of the time. And yeah. then I I liked the payoff of getting accustomed to him being in the peripheral and then him coming to the forefront at the very end. That is excluding the jump scare at the very end. You didn't like that? <laughs> it was a little cheap, but. <laughs> I thought it was very effective. I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give y'all that one. Mm-hmm. Emma didn't like it. But I'll, we'll get to that part, and I'll tell you about the parts of the ending that I like the most. All right. Well, I guess now's a good enough time to just, like, run through the movie yeah, let's real do it. abruptly. Okay, so we have we have Ellison Oswald. Um, he is Barf. a true... Yeah, it's not a great name. Uh, he is a true crime writer. As he's played by Ethan Hawke. He moves into a home with his wife, Tracy, and their son, Trevor, and their daughter, Ashley. Um, whenever I say he moves into a home, I should specify, moves into a home where a family was very recently murdered, and he intends to use this case, this murder, as the basis for his like next big break book because he's a true crime writer. Um, very important to note the... Um, I don't even know if you can call it a white lie that he tells his wife when they move there mm-hmm. where she's like, just tell me, like, I don't want to know, but just tell me that someone didn't get murdered in this house. And he's like, no, I promise. <laughs> I pinky swear no one got murdered inside of this house. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for my future husband, uh, if you're listening, that counts as a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> That's not going to cut it. And it will harm your marriage. Don't yes. do that. Because the read between the lines is, oh, no, it happened in this tree in our backyard. See that not fallen tree? House. It's fallen because it was used to hang, hang some a whole family. Yeah. Um, but he just keeps that to himself so he can continue to research in secret and drink scotch. So 
he starts researching this family, the Stevenson's family, and specifically Stephanie, who is, I think, maybe the youngest daughter of the family who has disappeared after the, the murders. She's gone missing. So um, he goes into the attic of this home as they're moving in. He finds a box that has a projector and a bunch of reels of Super 8 tapes, these home movies that I've talked about before. And like I said, they all depict the murders of different families in different ways. So um, I've already talked about those, so I'm not going to go into those again. But each murder, it's very important to say, is performed by someone who's not on camera. So someone's holding the camera and we don't know who it is. And then he starts to notice there's a very mysterious and strange and quite demonic image. And sometimes, like, sometimes it's painted onto, like, the walls. And sometimes he has seen, like, a figure in the films it's like boogeyman of types in the in the background of these movies so one night um he hears some noises in the attic and he goes up and he finds a bunch of drawings that we've talked about of mr boogie um and it's like kindergarten style like stick drawings of like families being murdered and then this unknown stick drawing that's labeled Mr. Boogie standing next to everyone. So he calls the local sheriff and the local deputy. Um, the local, I think he's the acting sheriff is like the man who we called, well, I called him a bunch of names and I'm going to let you decide which name that we use yes. for him for the rest of the movie. So two names. We have um, Sheriff McFrowny Pants or we have Detective Quippy Britches. <laughs> so while I think uh, Sheriff McFrowny Pants is more apt, but I really love the ring of Mr. Uh, Quippy Bridges. Detective Quippy Bridges. Detective to you. That's right. So Detective Quippy Bridges, um, from the get-go, does not like this guy coming into the town. He doesn't like him. Apparently his books are very like anti-police because he comes in solving murders to different towns and um, basically like does what the police can't do. So he, this guy is very like, okay, like I've, I've read your books and I'm not a fan of them and I think that you should just leave and our town doesn't need this kind of publicity around these very sad murders. So he's not a bad guy, mm-hmm. um, but like he's definitely like frowning and quippy this is also something I, I wrote a note this is where emma says she gasped she audibly gasped and she went oh, true crime <laughs> i, I wrote like, that i can down. get used to this i wrote that down i also wrote down nick my fiance who was watching the movie with us who is hilarious toys, who secretly is, hilarious this who man is quietly hilarious he, they're showing a tour of the house and he goes Oh, that's a beautiful yard. And then it shows the tree from the <laughs> opening sequence. He goes, oh. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention those two little quotes. But anyway, the detective, the sheriff is not interested in helping. But there's this other guy who is colloquial known, colloquially known as detect- Deputy So-and-so. Because he's like, hey, you know how in your books you have your acknowledgement sections. And there's always like, Deputy, De- Deputy So-and-so help me with this case. Well, I want to be Deputy and So-and-so. And so he does. And he's like a very smart man. He studied criminology and forensics. And he's extremely helpful to this case. Um, not quite helpful enough, but we'll get there. So the deputy t- says, hey, you should really, t- like this has the markings of the occult. You should talk to this guy at the local college. Um, and so he does. And so he talks to this guy at the local college, shows him all the symbology that he's found in these videos. And the guy's like, oh yeah, this this is very on par for this obscure pagan deity called the, the Bagul, who kills entire families and then takes one of their children to consume their soul slowly. And so he's like, Yikes. Hmm, that tracks. So they suspect the guy. And, and I think this is a very apt 
suspicion in like the real world where we know that this like we're, where we're not in a horror movie where we're in the real world the professor says well to me this seems very slam dunk for p- these murders are part of a cult initiation right yeah. rather than a single person like so i don't think you should be looking for a single person because at this point this guy would be like in his 80s because it started in 66 so like very unlikely to be the same person. They're all across the map. This has all the markings of like a cult initiation ritual. Right. But then things get spoopy. So the writer, Ethan Hawke, he hears the projector running and he um, goes up to the attic and he finds a new film. Um, the Bagul appears on camera physically in front of him. And so then that, that's where he like reaches his limit. Because at this point, he's been losing his ever loving mind. He's like, I mm-hmm. have had enough. Um, I've been, I'm being haunted. The box horror comes in where he's like walking around the house cause he hears a scary noise and his son who sleepwalks is like tucked inside a box Cirque du Soleil style. Yes. And then like spreads his arms out to like scream in terror. And that just goes to show that fatherhood really must be something special. Cause I can't imagine <laughs> running towards that child. Yeah. Very true. Um, and, and did like, you know- let me take care of you. Did you know that the Bagul has a sibling? What? Yeah. So the Bagul actually um, is supposedly the brother of Moloch. And that this is an actual real um, like uh, Canaanite and, and Ammonite, I believe, um, deity, pagan deity that was mm. um, thought to thrive on child sacrifice by burning. Ooh. And the, and this is so much a part of the development of um, of Bagul that on the Sinister's Facebook page they even commented that <gasps> they Bagul, have a Facebook page. They, yeah, they do, and on it they say Bagul mimicked Moloch's worship and child sacrifice rituals before Moloch furiously shut Bagul's mouth with ash for all eternity, and that's <gasps> why his mouth is shut like that. Oh my God! Shut up! Yeah, I had no because yeah, his mouth is like glued shut it's like he doesn't have it almost looks like blurred which i like because it it makes it hard for your brain to like focus on and kind of figure out wow that's really cool i did not know that yeah oh well done emma good research thanks good pagan deity research that you did not want to be doing but you did it for us (laughs) thank you all for the club i appreciate it the club appreciates it that's really neat because yeah they didn't really talk about in the movie why his mouth isn't there and one thing we talked about, Kate and I talked about while we were watching the movie was that it reminded us of our sister's night terrors. And oh that's God, actually yes. um, what, how that kind of that scene developed was because uh, I believe it was the same guy who you keep talking about, whose name I just cannot remember, the writer. Cargill? Yes. He um, had a son who also had night terrors. And so he very much related to those events of just like sudden outbursts of terror and horror and so he kind of implemented that in designing the scene with the son having a night terror that was obviously next level but like we our sister used to have night terrors um and she would be screaming bloody murder and we would wake up because we all lived on the like all the sisters lived on the like the second floor of the house and we'd wake up screaming or she'd wake up screaming and then we would like run in there and she'd be pointing at like a dark shadow in the corner like just like a, a corner of the room screaming that there was a man there it was genuinely as if someone was stabbing her with a knife. Yeah, like it was frequent too for a like. period of time. Yeah, it was at, it was just frequent enough that it was um it was just infrequent enough that it was startling every single time. Yeah. It was like maybe like once every month, once every other month. Space to give uh, peak scare. Yeah, 
way to go, Sarah, with your night terrors. But yeah, night, night terrors are no joke. Also, um, sleepwalking is no joke because the other daughter in this movie uh, sleptwalked. And Emma, we've talked a little bit on this podcast about how you <laughs> used to sleepwalk and how yeah. it was um, terrifying and how you said horrible things. Um, so while we were watching this movie, I just I was I casually brought up um, the scariest thing that Emma has said while she was sleepwalking, which was when she was in college and she had a brand new college roommate and she just pointed to the wall. She sat yep. up in bed and pointed to the wall and said, that blood is not mine. <laughs> That's what you said. I, I think I'd known her for less than a month. And you said you said stuff like that growing up all the time. You just say creepy shit. It was normally more benign, like stop mm, making pants. Sometimes or- it was not benign. I remember, but we, while, while we were watching the movie, um, Nick was like, yeah, but Kate, you sleepwalk, you used to sleep talk too. When I was in vet school, I was stressed, so I would sleep talk a lot. And I was like, well, what's the scariest thing that I've said? And he's like, oh, easy. Whenever you said, I didn't mean to kill him over and over again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can see that being a little, sp- <laughs> a little, a little uncomfortable, a little disconcerting. A little disconcerting. But anyway, back to Mr. Boogie. So at this point, Ethan Hawke is like at his wits end. He cannot handle all these images he's seeing around his house, the images he's seeing in these videos. His family is falling apart because he's obsessed with fame. Um, He has to make this new book so that he can like rekindle his lost fame. And that's one thing I really do like about this movie is um, his interactions with his wife are very real. They're very much like, we don't need to be doing this. And he's like, I'm doing it for the family. And she's like, nope, you're doing it for you. Yeah, those are very, very real has, conversations. Yeah, it very it has Breaking Bad vibes for me of like, you might have started this for the family, but now it's about you. Yeah, so and like, it was kind of dark. It's apparently in the commentary. He's like, yeah, this was inspired by some conversations I had with my wife. I was like, mm, maybe oh, no. leave that one out. <laughs> oh, no, don't tell us that. Yeah. Oh, no. We keep great. that stuff locked up. That's in any thought. <laughs> yeah. Not a commentary thought. Anyway, so he so he's now like fully invested in the in the bagul. He's starting to believe that this is truly supernatural and it's not just a true crime thing that he's going to be making a book about. Um, but at this point, he leaves. Like so, he's like takes he takes his family. He's like had bad experiences in the house. He takes his family in the middle of the night, um, and and takes off. And like he runs into what did we decide to name him? I have a detective um, Quippy Britches. He runs into Detective yes. Quippy Britches. The one and only. Mm-hmm. And I am shocked that Detective Quippy Britches doesn't say anything about like the stench of scotch on his breath because this entire movie he is like downing That's scotch. where I thought the storyline was going. I thought he was going to get arrested. I did arrested. too. I thought he was going to get arrested, but this guy's like, just get out of my town. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like night. Like he's 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 a likable guy, the, the, the sheriff. He's like... One thing that though that was kind of fair about this guy was about Mr. Quippy Br- Bridges, detective, it's detective, deputy Quip- Quippy Bridges, <laughs> deputy Quippy Bridges, is that he kind of calls out the character before we've even developed our understanding of the character. So initially, whenever he's like, "Get out of my town! You're cheap!" and blah blah blah, you're kind of like, "All right, Detective Quippy Bridges, that's enough for you." But yeah, then, as you learn more about this character and about his flaws, you, you kind of like. He was right. Like this guy is like kind of self-involved and is trying to sensationalize the um, grizzly murder, murder, the grizzly murder family. for his own profit and trying to like trying not to be a one-hit wonder and have another commercial success. Um, so and he kind to of kind of make more the, likable, and to kind of make the police look bad because the police are like 
very resigned in the beginning of this movie. They're like, we are not going to find this missing daughter. Like, cause remember there's a daughter missing for the, from this entire family. And they're like, we have fucking tried. We can't find her. Like, so this like guy who's not even from this area coming in saying like, acting like he's not going to try to make a make, make a buck out of this horrible tragedy that has affected everyone yeah. because the the de- dep- deputy so and so who I really like the other deputy he makes it very clear he's like this affected all of us like this affected this shook the entire town right like we don't feel the same so like take it kind of a little like it's not about you and trust me Ethan Hawke figures that the fuck out and so yep. he packs his family up and he because he's getting literally haunted and like his little girl his daughter is drawing demons on the wall yeah and the that wife was is scary like, that was scary and the wife is like all right we're done like we're done your son's crawling into boxes your daughter's drawing demons on the wall and talking to dead girls Enough. we are we are done and he, at that point he still hasn't said enough it's not until he's literally seeing visions himself and then he's like okay let's pack up the car so they pack up the car and they go back to their i don't know freaking gazillionaire mansion that they it live was in. so nice i was like it's they so kept nice. talking about how poor they were and how they were you know scraping by and stuff and then they show this like, mansion i don't think you like with this freaking like full-on fireplace it looks like a blind manor mansion like what it does i'm not gonna lie I'm like i'm, I'm not like what befalls them isn't great, but like I was like, okay, let's not act like you have truly suffered. <laughs> like, oh, like no, you have like a multi-story mansion. Let's not. This is about your fame. It's very at that point. It's very clear. It's about his fame and not about providing for his family. If tragedy like, so, is going to befall you, it might as well befall you in a multi-million-dollar handsome. Might handsome. as well <laughs> in a in a handsome mansion. <laughs> you might as well. So what but happens anyway, next? So he goes back to his family home. Deputy so-and-so keeps trying to call him and he's like, I'm not interested. Keeps declining the call, declining the call, declining the call. And then he finally like answers the call and the guy's like, hey, so I figured out a pattern you might want to know about. Um, so all the families, because they were tr- the whole time, they're like, these murders are all over the board. And then he's like, yeah, so you didn't know this. We just figured out. So back in 66, the Martinez family in Oregon from the pool drownings, um, that happened... Uh, when they moved to Sacramento where like the, the barbecue happened and then that happened, the, the lawn one happened when they moved from that. So like, it's, it's not happening in the houses where the murders occurred. It happens after they move out of them, which yes. is a really fresh take and terrifying. And I really liked it, but not, not fresh. If you're Ethan Hawke and you're like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. Your action is kind of the nail in the coffin. Lit- it's literally yeah it's quite literally the nail in the coffin because he's like well god damn it because he's moved his family out of this house where this is absolutely confirmed to have happened so he's placed his family in line to be the next victims and so then he it, this, i think this only happens in the extended cut um and i'm because I've, I've only ever seen the extended cut of sinister and emma the one we watched was the extended cut so oh, I, I don't know if it's more effective if it's not but the extended cut is whenever he finds the extra clippings and um he he smashes them into the or it's not called smashing but he like fuses them into the super eight tapes to connect the endings and it shows who's filming all of these grisly murders and it's always the missing child and it shows the missing child like teehee and like holding so did you guess that did you know that going into the movie i did i like didn't put it together and i should have well no it's it's fun that you didn't like there's a lot of movies that i don't put things together this just happens to be the one that i was like 
I think I know what's happening here. Because well, I've we should have figured it out when in the first one that we saw, not chronologically, the tree hanging doesn't have a little girl in it, right? Well, we well we know that though. We know that the little girl's not in it because we know the little girl went missing. And and what the what the um, oh, he's not I a see. the occultist thinks is oh yeah he kills the family and then he takes one of the children to gradually and slowly devour their soul. So there, there's a story there that isn't the kids physically doing it. But what tipped it off for me was the, so in the first murder, the, they don't like, it's not physical murders. Like no one's getting strangled or shot or like stabbed a billion times. It's, people in vulnerable positions. So a lot of the times they allude to, yeah, there was like a mysterious drug in their system. We don't know what it is, but it makes sense. Cause you're like, okay, they, the children who were the, like the perpetrators mm-hmm. weakened their family members and then put them in positions where they could kill them, which like tying them to a lounge chair, that doesn't take a ton of work. And then throwing a center block in the pool. That's a lot less heavy lifting like yeah. her, pardon the expression and same thing with the whenever she saws the little girl sa- saws the limb of the tree as the counterweight like it's a lot easier to do that I mean as a child that's still a lot but easier to do that than to like physically like hang and kick buckets out from everyone in your family like yeah so it kind of it uses less strength like body strength because they're children yeah, it's and a so nice that point. was a tip off to me yeah that's it's a good point mm-hmm but I, I like that you didn't know that because I think it makes the movie more exciting. Yeah, and my favorite part was the end scene where it's like not just that it was it happened to uh, Ethan Hawke's family. Well, we haven't that, done that yet. Oh, okay, go ahead. I haven't told them. Okay, tell them. Well, surprise, it happens to them. <laughs> so like, <laughs> as he's getting this voicemail and he's realizing what he's done, he looks in the coffee mug that his daughter gave him. Um, and there's a mysterious green liquid. Yeah, uh, that um, was a little hokey. It's like a green goo. <laughs> there's, if he had looked in his ectoplasm. cup and then just fallen to the floor, that would have been all you needed. You did not need, need the green, the shiny green, green goo. goo. I know, it was a little silly. Um, and then there's like a little note from from the daughter that says, good night, daddy. And then he passes out. And then he, he he wakes up and he, his wife and the son are all tied up and gagged and bound to the floor and his little girl approaches them. She's filming them with the eight, the super eight camera. And um, she's like, don't worry, daddy. I'm going to make you famous again. And then dismembers them with an ax. I didn't love that comment. I didn't either. I thought it was unnecessary. It didn't quite fit. Like, it it's like I, I got what they were going for. But I was like, no, no. Also, this isn't going to make like the news. Like this is going to be in a haunted tape that appears in the house later. I mean, people in that town are going to find out that ha- that people at that house got murdered. That's true. That's true. I I didn't I didn't need it, I guess is what I'm saying. I didn't need it. Yeah. It, it, like, it goes back it. to the <laughs> negative comment that was made that I don't fully agree with, but that kind of alluded to like it not knowing who the bad guy, like it not knowing what the evil thing is. It's like you can just commit to the other thing and let him be a flawed character. You don't need to like go too far with him being a flawed character to try to connect it to the evil being because it's not, it doesn't work well enough. I totally agree. I agree with all of that. I didn't, I feel like I would have liked the extended cut better where I figure out on my own that it was the kids. Like maybe you show one that it's the kid and I'm like, Oh no, or not even that. Just show me Ashley dismembering 
her her family. Show me the little girl dismembering Ethan Hawke. And I'm like, oh, I'm there. I get it. And I think yeah. that's probably what the theatrical release was. And maybe that's a, that's a little bit more my pace. Yeah, you don't have to. I agree with you, actually. I hadn't thought about that. But I think the ending would have been, by the time you're watching the third and the fourth person do it themselves, like this yeah. fourth kid do you're it like, themselves. You're like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, we get it, kind of. Um, Something that was kind of funny is that behind the scenes, apparently the little kids, like, got competitive about it and they were like trying to figure out like who had the cooler like scene (laughs) yeah who had the cooler cooler murder scene and they also they had so much fun that they cried at the end that's really sweet yeah that's I would have so like I get that because like if I was nine and they're like you're gonna pretend to like chop a bunch of people up I'm like that's way cooler than dragging them in the pool yeah exactly (laughs) stuck on that josh or whatever all right stacy Mine's cooler. But that leads to the the house painting of 2012, which is where she uses their blood. And that that was a touch I genuinely did like because the little girl throughout the movie is a painter and they let her paint on the walls in her room only. And so she literally takes their blood and because it's like it's still her a little bit. And she like paints all over the walls. She draws the bagul. She also draws just like kid things like a unicorn in their blood. So that I really enjoyed. I like that too. Um, I thought that it was, I love things that are built up throughout the movie. Like, and that was built up from the very beginning. It was developed. There was work and it was intention put there. There was a lot of intention. And so then that wraps it up where her, where she, um, like they they still have the screen running that, um, the dad was watching before he got murdered and it's running a new super eight film and all the kids are in the screen and they're watching Ashley. And I liked this cause Ashley's like in the real world and the kids are on the screen and they're like, they're watching their, their, their body language. They're moving as she moves across the screen. Like I liked that they were watching her everywhere she went and then the sinister bagul, he just comes up, scoops her up like a little baby. I like the way that, that I thought was very scary and effective. I like the way he just kind of like, like he didn't like toss her over his side. He just no, kind of like scooped, scooped her up, her up. Like, like almost tender. Like, yeah. Like with care, like you're mine now. And to me, and that was the most effective use of the children. Cause there was a, a, a bit in the movie where some of the kids were like kind of following behind him a little bit. And it looked a little, um, as Kate put it, a little Sia. Um, yeah. If you guys have seen this movie recently, there's a scene where Ethan Hawke is like walking through the house with a baseball bat and he doesn't see all these kids doing like creepy movements behind them. And it looks exactly like the Elastic Heart music video or the chandelier music video or even better the chandelier music video. It's like the exact I'm like, okay. I was like, this looks too much like choreography and not like little kids. Yeah, kids don't yeah. move like that. It was just very silly. Yeah. Um, but this didn't feel like that where he scoops her up and like almost holds her with care and like walks into the film. Yeah, I liked and that. I liked the breaking of the yeah. dimensions, I guess, or the melding of them. Okay. And that's the movie. And yeah. I guess it's it's time to rate it. Emma, I'd love to hear what your rating is. And, and this is the part where we, we re-rate it, not rank it. So we rate it from a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being terrible, 10 being awesome. And then we rank it on our scoreboard, which is on our website, which we'll link in the description. So I anticipated this being in the negatives. <laughs> I know it's a 1 negatives? to 10, but I anticipated really not liking this. Wow. Um, okay. And to be clear, Emma doesn't like horror movies, so yeah. don't get too offended Like so she doesn't like it. I gave it... I so are we rating first or ranking? So rating, rating. my rating is six point five videotapes. Okay, six point five. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's very respectable. Okay, 
That is pretty good. I would say I, I give it like a seven out of 10 cinder blocks. Oh, yikes. That's dark. <laughs> I know it is dark. Okay. <laughs> Deal. It seems right, like you and I are kind of close. Give something lighter. <laughs> nope. Too late. Seven, seven out of 10 Meester Boogies. No, no, no. Meester Boogies. Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. <laughs> it's got to go up like that. Mr. Okay. Boogie. Uh, yeah, so I that takes us 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. 6.5 for me. So pretty close. Um, and then the next thing that we're going to do, which we do for every episode, is the ranking. Um, it's on our website. The It's a Wix website. So the URL is way too long for me to tell you. Yeah, be kind to us. We're we're trying we're working on it, but if it's it's also a tiny URL on our Facebook and our Instagram. So Emma, like where like so for me this is definitely like not the top ten. This is probably not even the top twenty. So like what is number twenty? Um so there are some so twenty Sean of the Dead. This is below Sean of the Dead. It is. I will say like I don't think the Babadook deserves to be twelve, but like that well, that was not you all weren't I was here, here then, so Okay. You need to bye. leave that alone. Um this is all right. So we have. Shaun I would the put Dead it above Texas Misery. Chain, Chainsaw Massacre, which is twenty-eight. Would you really? I would not. Okay. Well, then uh, I don't feel strongly but, about it. Okay, because you do have a bargaining chip from me. No, I'm not going to use that this episode. Like okay, I don't want to feel right. strongly enough. Um, but thank you for reminding me. I have it. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so uh, this is below Trick or Treat. This is below Beetlejuice and Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. This is below Nightmare on Elm Street. This is below Strangers. Honestly, this is getting lower and lower on my list. What about Orphan? It's below. uh, It's above Orphan. Is it? I mean, I would. I liked it better than The Changeling. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it under The Strangers, but above The Changeling. So new 42. All right. It is officially entered as the new 42 fantastic and um if you guys want to check out our scoreboard the tiny url like i said is on our various social meds and um just a, a brief reminder if you can um subscribe on apple podcast share us with your friends and please leave us ratings and reviews they really do matter and they make a difference to the yes, algorithms please. that be and emma did you want to hear our, our latest review yes please that's the only reason i'm here right now it's the only reason <laughs> you're here right now that that and sisterly love Okay, are you ready? Yes, very. Okay, so I am, I'm sorry, open quote. I am so glad I found this podcast. Oh, this is so sweet. Um, The chemistry is infectious. The content is well thought out and the laughter is abundant. In short, I live for it. Thank you, ladies. And that is from Press Play Studios. Mm, That is so sweet. Okay, guys, all candidness. I had a hard day today and that is just what I needed to perk me up tonight. I love it. It made me really That's happy. Thank sweet. you so much to, to our friends at Press Play. Check them out on YouTube. Um, we love them. And uh, yeah, we would love a review from you. If you want it read on the air, we read all of them on the air. So thank yeah. you so much. Okay. I think that's all we have. Oh, but we need to talk about what we're going to uh, put up for a vote next week. Absolutely. And I have that information right here because I took that from you because you were choosing very sweet movies. I'll have it back one day. Uh-huh. Well, not this time. Not this day. Nothing too gory. It has to have story. Gory with story. Got no, it. No. <laughs> it's not a both thing. All right. The gorier, the storier, the Shut more up. horrier. <laughs> no, I do, I do have some um, suggestions. All right. So first and foremost, 
this one I'm adding to the list simply because we got that hilarious uh, review um, from last week's episode, from the last full episode that recommended it. Um, and that is the platform. I'm adding that to the list. Y'all, this is the one that it, you just need to vote for it because enough people want it to happen that it's just not going to fall off the list. So just <laughs> give in, let it happen. <laughs> I'll let it happen. We'll all be okay. <laughs> so we have the platform. We have Ma. And then we have 13 ghosts. And I have been told that this is not the one about the ex-girlfriends. It is not the one about, it is not a romantic comedy. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Yes, I do. It's like, I think you're thinking ghosts of girlfriends past. I don't know why I think that's the same, but I do. It's not. It's very different. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. So platform ma 13 ghosts, not starring Matthew McConaughey. Not with Matthew McConaughey. He's not in this one. Well, then we're not watching that one. No, just kidding. Okay. Well, that's up for the Patreon patrons to decide. So um, go go vote if you're a patron. Join if you want to vote if you're not. And I guess that's it. And we will see you guys next time for our next club meeting. Yeah, guys. Looking forward to it. Stay spoopy. Stay spoopy, guys. <laughs>